0: We're in week three of our Rediscovering Your Purpose sermon series and as has been our custom over the first two weeks, we will begin by reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Listen now to the word of the Lord. And, and just a re- refresher, verse 42 begins with the word They. They are the very first Christians in the very first church. So they're new baby Christians who have been charged to spread the gospel, the message of salvation, to the ends of the earth. Here's what they did to prepare themselves and to live out their purpose. Here we go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Through the book of Acts, we are taking a few weeks to rediscover your purpose, my purpose, and our purpose as a church. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus gives all Christians in all places, at all times, their purpose. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, But you, that's you sitting in your pew, you, you watching online, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Today, if you're a Christian, you no longer have to ask, what is my purpose? What on earth am I here for? You no longer have to wonder, what am I supposed to do with my life? Your purpose is to be Christ's witnesses. I'll say it again. You probably weren't taught this in school or saw this on whatever popped up in your YouTube feed. Your purpose is is to be christ's witnesses how do you feel do do you feel relieved (sighs) finally i have discovered my purpose do you feel excited put me in coach i'm ready to live out my purpose or do you feel puzzled intimidated even uninspired by these words of christ No matter where you are today, let me share with you what it means to be Christ's witnesses. To be Christ's witnesses means to know Christ, to know Christ here, and to show Christ out there. Your purpose as Christ's witness is to know Christ personally, here and here, and to show Christ out there in the world. That's what it means for you to live out your purpose. And and last week we looked at worship and knowing Christ through worship and this week we'll focus on the first half of Acts chapter 2 verse 42 which tells us that the newborn baby Christians devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They they got to know Christ. these, These new Christians didn't walk with Christ during his earthly ministry, but they were able to know the risen Christ by devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and they were equipped to show Christ to the world by devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. And this morning, we'll answer three questions, three obvious questions. What is the apostles' teachings? Why devote yourself to it? And how do we devote ourselves First, what is the Apostles' teaching? The Apostles' teaching is the teaching of the... Anyone want to take a wild guess? Great. You know, I'm just going to say, I appreciate the silence. I have two toddlers and a baby. Praise the Lord. If you don't want to participate, you don't have to. I'll enjoy myself. Okay, the Apostles' teaching is the teaching of the... Apostles, and the word apostle means one who is sent. And in Acts chapter one, we meet the original eleven apostles, or sent ones, the ones who have been sent by Christ, and we recognize them in Acts chapter one. the The apostles are not totally new to us because the eleven original apostles were Jesus's twelve original disciples minus one. The the minus one is minus one Judas Iscariot who betrayed Christ and died. This means the disciple Peter became the apostle Peter. The disciple John became the apostle John. The disciple Matthew became the apostle Matthew. The uh, original apostles are the original disciples and in Acts 1 the 11 original apostles, select a replacement apostle for Judas Iscariot. And there were two job requirements for the original apostles. And here's what they were. And Peter, who's the leader of the apostles, really takes the lead on putting together the job requirements. Number one, the replacement apostle had to be with the apostles the entire time Christ was with them. So from the beginning of Christ's ministry, the replacement apostle had to be there and the replacement apostle had to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they prayerfully selected a man named Matthias. And later in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter nine, a man named Saul of Tarsus, who is later renamed Paul, is knocked down and blinded by Jesus and this is Jesus selecting Paul and adding him to the number of apostles. And so when you read the book of Acts you quickly see that the Holy Spirit gives the apostles power to perform miracles and it's the miracles the acts of the apostles which validates them as christ's sent ones as people who have been commissioned to preach the death resurrection and salvation through jesus christ and just as jesus validated his message was validated by miraculous acts right he he claimed to be Lord he showed that he was Lord through miraculous acts the Holy Spirit validates the preaching the teaching the message of the Apostles through miraculous acts and the message of the Apostles of course is Jesus Christ is the risen Lord that he is the way to salvation and that we ought to respond to Christ Jesus through repentance and baptism and when we do so we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the apostles actually begin their ministry as apostles or sent ones in Acts chapter two. And in Acts chapter two, we are brought into the Jewish holiday, holy day of Pentecost. And God sends the Holy Spirit to his church. And the apostles and and others, they begin to speak in languages that they never studied in school. Wouldn't that be nice? And they're proclaiming the wonders of God in a number, in about 15 or 16 languages that were foreign to them before they received the Holy Spirit. And what happens is the ones, the apostles, The ones who know Christ here and here begin to show Christ out there. They're living out their purpose as Christ's witnesses. And the apostle Peter stood up with the 11 other apostles and raised his voice. And the first words from the first teaching of the apostles, you'll never guess what they were. Here's what the apostle Peter stands up and says. We're not drunk. It's 9 a.m., It's the fulfillment of the scriptures that we are speaking in these languages by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Peter goes on to give the very first teaching of the apostles. And when the apostles stood up and taught, Jesus said X, Y, Y and Z. Jesus did this and that. The the first Christians could take them at their word because they fulfilled the two job requirements and those requirements were they had been with Christ the entire time and they were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, we understand that when the apostles were teaching, they were not simply teaching by their own power or according to their own wisdom. They had the power and the person and the wisdom that is the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. In both John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, Jesus promises to send them the Holy Spirit. He understands at that time his disciples were only human and as apostles they were only human and they would forget things that Christ had taught throughout his three years of ministry. And so Christ says, I promise to send you a helper, a counselor, an advocate to bring all things into remembrance that I taught you and to show you all that is to come. And so when they taught, they were speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. They had help. They had the helper. And we understand that the person in the presence of the Holy Spirit was upon them through the acts of the apostles. They were performing miracles. I have news for you. Peter, Paul, all those who performed miracles, the the sick were healed, the lame walked, demons were cast out. Who did those miracles? It wasn't Peter and it wasn't Paul. It was done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, wouldn't it be great if Peter could come back to us and give us his teachings? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if Paul could come back to us and explain some of his his letters? Wouldn't it be wonderful if John could give us his account of what had happened, through, uh, what Christ had said and, and done? Do you know that today you have access to the teachings of the apostles? You have access to the very teachings of the apostles, the very words and actions of Jesus Christ. And it's 2023. Some of you have access to the teachings on the apostles because you have the app. Others of you find the teachings of the apostles online and still some of you some of you who are a little bit more old school and traditional you have access to the teachings of the apostles in book form. It's actually written on real pages in book form. The reason I can proclaim this to you is because the teachings of the Apostles are the New Testament. All 27 books in your New Testament of your Bible are the Apostles' teaching. The Apostles' teaching is the New Testament. Now the question becomes, why devote yourself to it you have access to the teachings of the apostles certainly you can learn the teachings but why would you devote yourself to it i don't study the new testament so that i know the new testament that that might be jarring to you i i don't study the new testament just so i know it the new testament and i know another book and i have more knowledge i study the new testament so that i can know christ personally here and here. I don't study the the Old Testament so that I know the Old Testament. I study the Old Testament so I can know God the Father personally, so that, that you and I can know God here and here. And when we know who God is, we know who we are. There's no longer an identity crisis. We no longer have to invent and reinvent ourselves. We know who God is. We know who we are. And when we understand what God desires and what God the Son did while he was alive, we understand quite clearly, actually, what you and I ought to do, how you and I ought to live. That's what happens when we study the Bible. Do you know that the Bible is the only book God authored? It is the only book that you can read while speaking to its author. And the only way you can know anything about the author of a book is if the author writes himself into the story. Otherwise you only know the characters of the story but not its author. The Bible is about how the author of life, the author and creator of life, God, Father, Son, and Spirit, wrote himself into the story of human history. We devote ourselves to it, to know God personally here and here, and how to live out there. There's another part, another piece. Theologian, reformed theologian Carl Barth said, I read the Bible. And the Bible reads me. Have you ever opened up the Bible and, and you, you you were brought to a verse and it wasn't a coincidence. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was the exact verse that you needed in that moment for whatever you were going through. Did, had, did you ever read the, the Bible and you opened up to a page and you thought to yourself, this is all about me. Yes, it's, it's all about God, but this is what's happening in my town, in my community, in my country, and around the world. The, the Bible is about God, but the Bible is about you. And if you want to know who God is, who you are, your purpose in life, you don't have to look any further than the Bible. This is why we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching and the Old and New Testaments. Many of you have tried to read the Bible. Maybe you turned to Haggai or Habakkuk and you didn't understand what you were reading. That's happened to me too. Many of you tried to read the Bible and you opened up to Leviticus and and you couldn't get over all the animal sacrifices. God, why? I asked that question too. Maybe you tried to read the Bible and you had a hard time believing it really happened. because. The things that happened in the Bible don't seem to be happening in our world I was sitting across a table from an atheist in a synagogue and I brought up the story of Moses parting the Red Sea one, one Moses parting the Red Sea is if not one of the most quoted stories in all of Scripture and and, and this atheist said for me, I put this story in the same category as Greek mythology. I asked him to tell me more. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I didn't say much. I really didn't say much. I just, I just listened, I said, Lord, give me patience, I'm just listening. He kind of talked himself into a corner and revealed that he didn't know what he was talking about. His face got red, it got a little awkward. My wife kind of gave me a bump and said, what did you say? nothing. But here's the point. It was clear he didn't believe the Bible happened because of the signs and wonders and miracles. And And I'm not saying to you this morning, you have to read the entire story of the Bible literally. I don't. Do you know that the Bible, the entirety of the Bible, was not meant to be read literally? Jesus told stories that are not meant to be read literally. He, he told us things to do that were metaphorical. Maybe you've heard this one. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. We would all be blind if we read the entirety of Scripture literally. But I want to give you two reasons why I trust, historically, that the Bible happened. That it is a historical word from God. Prior to Jesus' death, Jesus predicted over and over again, I will suffer and be crucified. And no one debates that Jesus predicted that he would suffer and crucify, and nobody debates that Jesus was crucified. He also predicted that he would rise again from the dead. Jesus was crucified, and on the third day, the apostles saw the empty tomb. The empty tomb wasn't enough to make them believe in Jesus' resurrection. They didn't trust that it happened. Jesus had to prove it, and over the course of 40 days, Jesus proved it. They trusted because Jesus proved it. And and Jesus appears to... uh, 10 of the 11 disciples, right right, right, on Easter, and they see the resurrected Lord, but the disciple Thomas was absent. And here was Thomas's response to their account that Christ had come, that Christ was resurrected. He said, I won't believe unless I see the nail marks and put my fingers in his hands. You imagine that? Jesus came to Thomas and said, hey buddy, put your fingers here, you see? How about in my side? Because of the proof of the resurrections, the apostles trusted it happened. They trusted Jesus is who he said he is, son of God, son of man, the Lord, the Messiah, the great I am. And since Jesus is resurrected, Jesus showed he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has showed that he is the Lord. That means he's Lord over life and death. And that means Jesus is worthy of listening to. He knows what he's talking about. And what does Jesus believe about the scriptures? Jesus believes believed that it really happened. The Bible really happened. Throughout his time on earth, over and over again, Jesus confirms every word of the Old Testament is the Word of God. Over and over again, Jesus treats the people and stories from the Old Testament as events that really happened. Jesus trusted they happened. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah and Abraham, Sodom and Gomorrah, Moses and the Israelites, Jonah and the fish, David and Solomon. Jesus trusted it happened. And since Jesus believed it happened, since Jesus made it happen, that's enough for me to believe. That's why I trust the Bible is the Word of God. Lastly, how do we devote ourselves to it? The the first believers, right? They they got to know Christ personally, here and here, and they were able to show Christ to the world, fulfill their purpose as Christ's witnesses as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is good information for us to have. How do we actually devote ourselves to it? Well, in the first days of the church, before the apps, websites, and books, get this, the apostles, devoted them the the first church the first Christians devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching by meeting together people met with other people Christians got together with other people Christians They devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching and to fellowship that requires being together They continued every day to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together Here's how to devote yourself to the Apostles teaching first read the Bible for yourself second read the Bible with other people The, the way we read the Bible with other people in our churches by providing small group opportunities throughout the week Why is it so necessary for you to read the scriptures with others? First, the Bible's hard to understand. And and if it's easy for you, just raise your hand and we'll get you to be a small group leader. Hallelujah. It's hard to understand. Here's what the Apostle Peter said about the parts of the Bible the Apostle Paul wrote. 2 Peter 3, verse 16. Paul's letters contain some things that are hard to understand. This is coming from someone who walked with Christ for three years, had the Holy Spirit, and wrote the Bible. He says, Paul, he's hard to understand. And then here's what happens when we have a hard time understanding it. Which ignorant and unstable people distort. People don't understand it, and they distort it as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Uh, I'll begin to close here. Many years ago I remember speaking with a young man who was new to the church and he was a a pretty new Christian. And he he took one Bible verse from the book of Ephesians and he made it his motto for his marriage. And the verse comes from Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your husbands. How do you think that went for his marriage? How do you think that was received by his wife. Peter says that you distort and twist scripture, it will end in your own destruction. It it was leading toward destruction. And at this time, I I was not married, right? And so, you know, I I didn't have any firsthand experience. And so we met in our small group, and thanks be to God, our small group was filled with married men. And the married men in the group, they gave him a different way to look at uh, that scripture verse. they reminded him what Paul wrote throughout the entire chapter. And they told him right before the the, the word says, wives submit to your husbands, it actually says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then they took him through the following verses that say, husbands, love your wives as your own body. Love love your husbands, just in case you don't have your marching orders. Love your wives as your own body love your wives as christ loved the church and gave his life for her the small group gave him a new motto give your life to love your wife and whenever he walked into the group we asked him are you living out your new motto are you loving are you giving your life to love your wife this is why we're called to study the scriptures devote ourselves to the apostles teachings together and here's the last thing if you're not doing the word of god you're not devoted you're deceived if you're not applying the word of god if you're not living out the apostles teaching it doesn't matter how much you know it doesn't matter how much you feel you're not devoted you're deceived and i'm just going to take the words of jesus's little brother james and we're going to preach through this book this this uh, summer this is what james wrote be doers of the word and not only hearers deceiving yourselves you're devoted when you're doing when you devote yourselves to learning and living out the apostles teaching three things will happen you'll know Christ here and here you'll become more like Christ and you'll show Christ out there you'll accomplish your purpose you'll be Christ's witnesses and so this week how is God perhaps calling you to restart by getting devoted to the apostles' teaching, Pastor Liz will come up and she'll talk about a few opportunities, but maybe this week the Holy Spirit's nudging you to write next, under, on your Next Steps card, small group. And maybe that's a leap of faith for you, but, but that's how you need to begin to get devoted. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship in your household or in your family, and being devoted means applying God's word and doing God's word in your life. So this week... Let's fulfill our purpose. Let's learn and devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. And let's do it. And our hope and our prayer is that through us, just like through those very first Christians, Christ will be witnessed. Amen.